0: Joinery and the American Craftsman podcast are proud to partner with Montana Brand Tools. Montana Brand Tools are manufactured by Rocky Mountain Twist in Montana, USA. With numerous patents dating back to the invention of the Hex Shank system by our founders, we strive to produce accessories that add precision, flexibility, and efficiency to your toolkit. In addition to woodworking tools, we produce many high quality cutting tools that are used by the aerospace, medical, automotive, and industrial markets. Our end product has a fit and finish that is beyond comparison. Montana Brand Tools are guaranteed for life to be free of defects in material and workmanship because we build these tools with pride and determination. For 10% off your order, visit montanabrandtools.com and use the coupon code AmericanCraftsman. Well, we're here. We're back. We had yeah, some lunch. Bad. Yeah, We're on our... It's the start of... This would be, what, the start of hour four. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so this is the last episode of the colonial period, Mm-hmm. doing a little uh, wrap-up at the end, a little review, and we'll... Uh, is it going to be a quiz? It could be. <laughs> we'll, uh, I'm
1: not sure how well I'd do it.
0: <laughs> we'll talk about, uh, you know, how some of this stuff <coughs> we uh, discussed over the last three episodes relates to to now. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, the, the title I put up there was "Relevance to Today."
0: The question is: Is it relevant?
1: Yeah, we're talking about design, furniture, cabinet making, and such that occurred 250 years ago. Is any of it still relevant?
0: Yeah, because like I said, you know they uh, they're grabbing those things on Facebook Marketplace and painting them with chalk paint. <laughs> <The> <laughs> Queens and <A&E> revival. <laughs> So the Queen Anne lives on. <clears> throat> Matt, <throat> yeah. I'm gonna give you another shout out. The IKAG mug makes another appearance.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Did it? Does it influence us as our as so called modern ca- craftsmen?
0: Um, I think maybe directly, it does not. At least us because of the style of furniture that we're doing um but you know we use the the music analogy a lot it's like without <coughs> Chippendale would there have been a Stickley and without right. Stickley would there be a Green Street
1: yeah i mean there's there's a couple of steps in between like the stuff that Stickley was um sort of railing against
0: mm-hmm. yeah i mean he he was going against stuff like Chippendale, mm-hmm. you know, this extravagant using mahogany yeah. and all the carving and marquetry. Well, I mean, strictly to do some marquetry, but
1: Yeah. So I uh I wrote down a couple of notes about the Chippendale. Um obviously there's a bunch of antiques that are still around. Mm-hmm. You have a couple that are worth you know, sold for millions. The Harrington commode, there's that word again. It's basically a chest of drawers sold for five million dollars. That's a five million dollar toilet. That's right. <laughs> commode. From the French, meaning suitable or convenient. Hmm. <clears throat> um so that definitely is has a bearing on on what we do. I mean it's it's still relevant because it's, it
0: exists. Right. It's still out there in... It's still being bought and sold now. Yeah. Things that were built, you know, 250 years ago.
1: Um, I don't know of anybody, but I bet up in New England, there are some shops like ours that basically just specialize in that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know if he does any Chippendale stuff per se, but I know like guys like Robert Bliss, you know, mm-hmm. they're doing historic yeah, reproductions and interpretations of historic pieces. Yeah. Um, that are you know in this sort of vein of furniture
1: right right and uh, at the bottom end you can go to raymore and flanagan and pick up chippendale for a thousand bucks
0: yeah <laughs> in mahogany finish yeah
1: i said it has as much to do with thomas chippendale's work as chicken parmigiana has to do with actual italian food oh yeah <laughs>
0: Telling me chicken parmigiani ain't Italian? (laughs) This is what I want to know. How'd my mute get off on my laptop? That's right. I'm sure we shocked a lot of folks with
1: that one there. Mm -hmm. That's right. There's no, (laughs) go to Italy, there's no chicken (laughs) palm. What about garlic
0: knots? (laughs) That's funny. You put Ray Moore and Flanagan in there, and that's what I I I mentioned that uh, episode episode or two ago. Yeah,
1: we we spent too much time together, obviously. (laughs) All those
0: commercials. (laughs) Ashley Furniture. You get it down at the cabinet and upholstery warehouse. That's right. They're having a sale this weekend. Um, 0% financing. Yeah. Anything with a red sticker is 25% off.
1: So, um,. What do you think of Chippendale's influence?
0: Well, I mean, you could see how far-reaching it was. It made it all the way across the Atlantic over to the colonies, and if it was if it was going that far, <clears throat> you can only imagine how it <clears throat> spread through Europe like wildfire. Um, and as we know, all things European were were coming here after the fact. So, um, you know, with the the publication that he put out. He was probably the most influential. I mean, I could probably you could say it without any doubt. He was the most influential person in furniture at that time.
1: Yeah. What about today? I mean, could could you consider who who would we consider might be more influential? Not in our little world, but in general, is there anybody with that's that's had more impact
0: in the entirety of? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I mean I'd say now the influence is coming mostly from like the the Danish modern kind of mm-hmm. stuff and the the um you know the more contemporary kind of
1: Yeah. Um but uh like if you're walking down the street and you stop somebody and said, Did you ever hear of Chippendale furniture? It would probably say well, it depends how old they are, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I think most people would have no no idea. No. I I think there's a name recognition, but then I think there's a big disconnect on what it, could you say, well, what does it look like?
0: Yeah, I mean, people the term Chippendale, it's it's in people's vocabulary because right. of Chip and, there's Chippendale furniture. There's the Chippendale railing. There's Chippendale's the strip joint. It's it's just a that's there's like Chip a
1: Chippendale the cartoon. Yeah,
0: Chippendale. Um, <clears throat> so I think in that way the name recognition is there, but I don't think people would have any idea what it actually is. I don't
1: either. I mean, um, it's it's a it's a household name to a certain degree, but so is uh,
0: Mister Clean. Yeah. Um you know yeah. we're furniture makers so Chippendale we know what Chippendale is and you know i didn't know a whole lot about Chippendale's st- uh, style but you know had seen examples of it
1: yeah me either and, i mean and the stuff that we saw it was pretty broad
0: yeah i just range. you know i always associated Chippendale with like highly ornate that was yes, just
1: that's about what i i
0: thought too yeah but you know, a person on the streets not going to say, "Well, yeah, you know, Chippendale had a lot of cabriole legs and uh, the ribbon carvings." And
1: right before these last few episodes, I couldn't have uh, been able to tell the difference between something from Newport and something from. Uh, oh God, yeah, no, Chippendale,
0: not even, not even close.
1: And then we kind of got to see the difference between like the. The country style of Chippendale, Mm -hmm. um, Philadelphia's version of the Queen Anne. I mean, all that Mm -hmm. stuff's similar, but it's part of our, um, you know, vernacular now as far as as being able to look at something with an educated eye and go, oh, I see where that came from, and I can trace the lineage.
0: Yeah, it wasn't so hard, was it? (laughs) See how easy it is to...
1: It only took about 12 hours of
0: reading. Well, all I, all I had to do was sit here. <laughs> no, you are working on other various things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even, like, for the listener, you know, now that you just had to wrap your head around a little bit of this information, it really expands your knowledge of of furniture. Yeah. You know, just you fill in these little pieces, and all of a sudden, you know, the whole picture opens up.
1: It's true. I, I'm wondering how we're going to feel as we're like, let's say, halfway through. Mm-hmm. Um, because we'll have done this in, in its order, in its chronological order. So we're kind of naturally building on it uh, as it occurred. Right. Um, and we can piece it together. Certainly a learning experience for us. Yeah. Um, I, I asked a, a question more of myself like, is Chippendale considered high art in the same way we think of classical music? Uh, uh, you know, the, the same technique, skills, and design cues needed to complete a piece of Chippendale taught in the same manner that uh, music students are taught Mozart, Bach, or Beethoven. And then, does that apply to, you know, sort of like regular life and regular um, craft as it's you know, more commonly done.
0: Um, I'm not sure i would follow your question.
1: (laughs) Well, so we got Chippendale um, and all those skills that are needed to to do it, whether it's designing it, uh, um, following the proportion and all that. And then there's, there's the different hand skills that are needed. It reminds me more of like how somebody who's going to school to study music is going to study uh, classics,
0: right? Like you go to Berkeley, you're gonna mm-hmm. learn. You're gonna learn about all these, these compositions from Mozart, Bach, and Beethoven.
1: And but then there's a certain detachment between that and like popular culture. So you know how relevant is it?
0: Oh yeah, I mean to the common person, Chippendale's not relevant in the least bit. Right. He's only relevant to us because we're furniture makers.
1: <laughs> so, so. Um, yeah, we have to think about things in our small little Mm worlds, you know, and not in a grander scheme of things.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's for, it's on us to, to put that out to other people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You don't look to the banker for music, right? you know, you don't, you don't expect the banker to uh, come up with a new hit song. You look at the musician and the musician has studied all of these things in the past and now they're. Creating an interpretation or even a ripoff of something, you know, old.
1: Right. Like Led Zeppelin copied the blues musicians uh, that came before them. Right. Um, it, do we feel any connection to Chippendale?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, of course, to some degree. Because it's all all roads lead here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I mean, what did you get out of out of seeing his stuff?
0: I mean, definitely an appreciation of the the level of craftsmanship. Yeah, yeah. Pretty pretty insane.
1: Yeah. On the chairs especially, I really um took away the use of negative space. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean those chests, the the level of detail on that is it's almost incomprehensible. Yeah. You're, it reminded me of like going to the Vatican and uh, you know, <laughs> looking at everywhere you turn in the Vatican there's like uh there's an outlet cover that somebody spent twelve years working oh on, you God. know, things like that. I can only imagine. Um, but that's what it looks like when you look at that chest, you mm-hmm. know, it's like, How long did this take? Yeah. How many people worked on this and how many hours are into it? Yeah. And how could you know, how could we build something like that and make a living?
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, just a select few number of people who are, you know, who do this commission work where it's all, you know, they might work on it for six months, something like that.
1: Yeah, two years. Imagine working on one piece of
0: furniture for two years. Yeah. I can't. It would have to be man. That's crazy,
1: yeah. Because we kind of get bored with with projects in a way if
0: they're too big and too long. Yeah, I get bored after a week sometimes.
1: Like you've been working on those watch
0: boxes. Oh lord, I don't want to talk about those. <coughs> <laughs> but imagine make if five more.
1: Imagine if that like a, one one guy might be doing, like, ball-and-claw
0: feet for years and years. Yeah. The problem with those watch boxes is it's made up of, like, six parts of all just tedious BS. Yeah, yeah. None of which requires much skill. Just.
1: Imagine how proficient you'd be, though, if you would, if that's all you did was, like, make the... The octagonal box, like that would be, that would be what somebody did. It's not as glamorous as, as folks outside think it is.
0: Yeah. Like pr- proficiency is cool, but once you get it, it's no more fun. No. It's like, all right, now I'm proficient at It's it. almost worse. Yeah. No, it is worse. That's why I've been <laughs> procrastinating on these stupid things. <laughs> they are finally finished. Yeah. The three. I'm going to make five more. Yeah. Um I think he thinks I'm like making like just making like all kinds he's like, You got the other ones? I'm like, What do I don't even know what the hell you're talking about? He thinks they're just popping them out? Yeah. He's like, You got any of the Pateks? I'm like, No, what I'm not making anything unless you tell me explicitly that I want two of these, three of these. You know, they think we're just jerking around.
1: Yeah. It takes time. Those things have take a lot of time. And money. Yeah. That that leaves me to this question, and I think I already asked it, but at today's cost of living, can a Chippendale piece be produced in America for profit?
0: Uh, mass produced, no, but produced, yes. You just got to find a buyer. Yeah. I mean, there are guys building that kind of stuff and getting paid for it.
1: Yeah. I wonder what it would cost. You know, he's probably here's talking
0: a- about 50 grand for one, you know, one, like, let's say a high boy. 50K.
1: Yeah. I saw there's a guy who um, started a company in Asia somewhere, like Indonesia or something like that, doing all Chippendale reproductions. Oh, really? And the chairs were like five and $600 each. Hmm.
0: They do a lot of carving <coughs> in Southeast Asia. Yeah. And they're fast and cheap. I was pretty shocked. I'm not shocked by anything anymore when it comes to making things cheaply. It's crazy, you know, how cheap some things are.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it makes you wonder. It's like, well, it's just another form of exploitation, I suppose.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it's not made to the same level that Chippendale would have made it. Oh, no no,
1: no, no. I would love to examine one up close. Yeah,
0: they're Uh, probably using some cheap acacia wood or something, some kind of crappy swamp tree. Some swamp mahogany. They're working, you know, on a dirt floor with no shoes on, no bench, you know, paying these people next to nothing.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, a lot of those jobs are the only way to make a living after this. You know, it makes it impossible to be a subsistence farmer which is a lot of times what the that population comes from Mm -hmm. once that becomes impossible uh they got to make a living by hook or by crook
0: yeah yeah it's a shame yeah so there's some you know some guy in a suit somewhere wringing his hands ready to to pounce and make a couple bucks off the sweat of somebody else
1: yeah not much has changed has it not really So, should we review what we what we've done in in these past episodes?
0: Yeah, we could hit we could hit some of the um, the broader points just as a little bit of a uh, summary. Yeah, where'd we start? Uh, you know, started with the uh, the Chippendales and the Townsends, and you know, so okay, so we're talking about the influences of of colonial furniture. Jacobean, Jacobian, whatever the hell it is. Uh, Carolean. So Carolean, you're getting into the, a little bit lighter. Jo- uh, Jacobean was the real heavy, oh yeah, heavily carved, just heavy looking. Then like the Carol-
1: Viking chair.
0: Yeah, the Carolean, you're starting to lighten up a little bit with sort of like a gothic kind of look to it. Then uh, where do we go from there? Into uh, the, William and Mary. William and Mary, which is... Getting closer to that um, <clears throat> Queen Anne kind of look. Then you go into the Queen Anne um, where, you know, you're getting cabriole legs and things are starting to lighten up. It's the the casework is up on thin legs and stuff. Um, and, and Chippy. Yeah, then you got Chippendale who's, you know, playing off of the William & Mary or the uh, Queen Anne. Yeah, yeah. Um, doing his spin on that and he's you know influenced by Chinese furniture and all kinds of stuff
1: yeah imagine I'm um, what it took to be exposed to things from China
0: yeah um,
1: that that's wild and, and how exotic and far off it must have seemed to someone uh, in uh, in the buying public even the, the you know the rich people that could afford chippendale's work Mm-hmm. Who who went to China?
0: Yeah, Marco Polo. Yeah, <laughs>
1: um, you know. So again, world events influencing design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, trade with uh, Asia, people bringing things back from Asia, uh, whether they be boxes or chests or pieces of furniture, influences design becomes vogue. Yep. Um, that that's where all this stuff comes from. The, the, the Renaissance, even the Italian Renaissance influences the broke mm-hmm. uh, out of, out of Italy, which influences the French, which influences the English. Yeah. Um, it's not, it doesn't seem like there's anything today that's as significant. You know, we, we seem to go in trends nowadays instead of, I guess these were trends, yeah. Um, but they seem so fleeting and flimsy compared to.
0: They were. Uh, there was just more to be discovered back then. You know what I mean.
1: I guess so. I guess since we've we've done it all, we've played all the
0: chords. Yeah. Um, or maybe that's you know <coughs> we're just looking through the lens of now, and in three hundred years they're going to be talking about how things were.
1: Went from white shaker painted to that half dowel thing that yeah. seems to be popular. Yeah, it's hard to say. These things seem to move in, except for the white painted. I mean, that's a couple of years that or more that that was going on. Before that, there was that distressed oak. Yeah, that's, that's that wire still, brush.
0: They're still doing that.
1: Um. But these things, the the time frame is so much shorter.
0: Yeah, and you know those might be forgotten to history, and they only, you know, like those might not make the history books. But maybe there's something the broad they're going to be looking at the broader yeah. picture 250 years from now and say, you know, in the the 2000s to the to the 2500s, they were uh, you know using influence from the middle of the century prior and blah, 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 you know?
1: Yeah. Like there's,
0: I'm sure there was little patches of, like I said, people doing wacky stuff that is forgotten. Those pieces are gone. They didn't know who did it, when, you know,
1: if you were looking, if you could go forward and look back on the last 10 years, what would you say were some dominant trends? If you were, Trying to be a historian and say, you know, back a hundred years ago, this is what happened.
0: Um, I'd say the biggest trends now, aside from like the crappy like white shaker and stuff like that, there are, like I said, homages to the to the mid-century designers, to the art deco designers, to the... Um, I don't know what you call that sort of, like, right, immediately following World War II. I guess that's, like, part of the Art Deco period.
1: Yeah, mid-century, modern.
0: Yeah, it's like that period between Art Deco and mid-century. Basically, from Art Deco to mid-century, I feel like those are the big driving design elements now. At least when you look at design that is contemporary and is good. Mm -hmm. Like, because there's a lot of contemporary design that's just shit.
1: Just mishmash of things. They're picking pieces out of a bin and sticking it together.
0: yeah. You know, like the white shaker, that's not design. That's just. No, that's lazy.
1: Yeah. How does something like that become popular? Well,
0: do we really want to get into that? (laughs) (laughs) You could say the same thing about, you know, TikTok and uh, McDonald's and people are just the masses are the unwashed masses. Yes. Or just simple. I guess. Not to say that we're, you know, special, but... Um,
1: but it seems like if we looked at these design trends, and we have the benefit of looking back over a couple of centuries, there were significant um, changes, and and the it felt like there was um, so much more going on as far as the... You know, design work and the craft. It, I I don't know if we're if we're ever going to see that again.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, the craft is really gone, um, and I'm sure we'll see that trend once we hit like the industrial revolution. Mm-hmm. But the craft is gone. Yeah, the, it was only craft then. Right. Now it's mass production, and there's this little sliver of craft that remains. Which that little sliver will always be there, but um, you had an entire industry that was a craft. You know, it was people, real people, building furniture by hand. That's how all the furniture got made. Right now, that's it's what a half a percent of the furniture less. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's less. So it's yeah, no, that the days are gone where you're not going to see innovation. Even if, even if there was stuff. What are trying to say here? Even if there was still things left to be invented in terms of furniture design, which, you know, at this point, basically all of it's been done. There's no one to invent it.
1: Because <laughs> people are more worried about making it faster and cheaper, right? They want to take a tried and true image, create it quickly and cheaply, to sell it. Yeah. Um yeah, so a lot of this falls on the designers. Um what are they doing to to innovate and to create what designers? Well, just designers in general.
0: Like furniture designers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, or materials designers, things like that. Uh, that's that's how I see um, you know the evolution of furniture from uh, early American through Chippendale; it, those are some significant changes. Um, and in in my view, growth. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for lack of a better word, uh, and I wonder where that growth is going to occur in the future, or if we're just going to continue to uh, regurgitate ideas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, there's going to be changes, but um, you see a lot of these changes were being influenced by technology back then, too. Like, you know, before there were lathes, there wasn't anything that was turned because they couldn't do it. So at the advent of the, you know, treadle treadle lathe, you see turnings become more popular. You know, they weren't uh, doing mortise and tenon joinery when they didn't have iron tools to work with Right, no sharp tools so now we're at the point where like how many more innovations could there be we got cnc milling now you got lasers that kind of stuff water jets so we're able to manipulate materials in different ways which um you know lead to different designs that you can do but you know what's going to be the next innovation that that shakes up the furniture
1: that's a good question
0: you know, is there is, is there, there anything that could make a as big a huge shakeup in design? I just don't see, and I guess if we could see, then we'd have the idea. But right, um, I just can't think of anything that.
1: Yeah, because we're kind of doing things the old-fashioned way. I mean, we have we're we're just doing things the way they did it. We're taking wood putting the pieces together to make a piece of furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see how that would create kind of a ceiling. Yeah. Um, so is the future CNC? Is it materials, different materials? I mean, what? <laughs> could a CNC do the hand can't?
0: No, I mean it's not even about CNC versus hand. But it's a, what could change? What what yeah. could they what what new thing could we make? What material, what new material could come out that could make us build things differently? We got plywood that bends, we got hardwood, we got plastics, plastics there's metals. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm stumped. Was what was the last big design uh, motif? What was what was it? was it mid-century modern? What followed that? The sixties and seventies, possibly. I mean, yeah,
0: the atomic age type stuff. And yeah, I mean there was definitely a style in the seventies, and
1: yeah, that's when they introduced plastics and things like that. They had those. Egg chairs and yeah. and those round plastic chairs with the cushion in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the eighties came. Anything there?
0: I don't know. I wasn't born. <laughs> You're gonna have to take that decade.
1: Eighties. Let's see what. I mean. I, I was so. I was like living in a, a <laughs> car basically. So now. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything of note in mm-hmm. the 88. You know, what I remember from the 80s is there was sort of like this musically, there was a bit of a throwback to the 50s. Okay. That was the first time I remember there being this look backward and became like a fashion sense. Right. Um. So maybe that was when something new stopped being
0: uh well, let's say like eighties think like disco, I guess that's what yeah early,
1: late seventies yeah. you know'm like 81, 82. yeah I think of like
0: a disco guy's like like pad, you know he's got some kind of I would think that that's kind of like a mid century atomicy kind of plasticy yeah,
1: I think a disco guy lived at home with his mom and he was well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the uh original disco man the original disco did you know that james brown was the original disco man yeah, he put out an entire disco album
1: we learned that yesterday mm-hmm. uh much to and this is the word of the podcast chagrin chagrin yes yep it wasn't it was not pleasant that
0: was a terrible song we play it for you but they will probably take us off air yeah um
1: well I think uh, I'm not sure if we've got anything left on this uh, time in, in
0: uh, time in question.
1: Yeah the the
0: the early uh, the colonial period. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there how could let's going back to the uh, how it could be used today? How could we incorporate some sort of Chippendale element or not necessarily just Chippendale, but one of these um, colonial design elements into a modern piece of furniture?
1: That's a good question. Um, I mean, they had a lot of carvings. All that stuff is, uh, well, you know, we we did that with the uh, altar rail, mm-hmm. although it was, you know, done by a machine, CNC'd. Yeah. Um, but still, I would say that that piece incorporated a bit of, um, you know, the Jacobine was high yeah. relief carving. This was that was high relief carving.
0: Had that heavy, blocky kind of look mm-hmm. to it. You know, with the six by six posts, whatever they were. Six five by six by five, five yeah. by five posts. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the chunky top rail.
1: Yeah, that was uh, if anything, uh Jacobine with a little mixture of uh of craftsman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can't help that's our that's our real language you know mm-hmm. is is sort of the craftsmen stickley green brothers that that's i think everybody that does what we do has a little bit of that in them.
0: yeah cuz it's not so far in the past it's still it's still pretty fresh yeah. we're only talking 100 years ago
1: and it's attainable it's not as difficult to do
0: as you know yeah, i mean it was made for common people
1: right um try to build a new port Style chest, right? Um, it, that's being done all the time, uh, you know, especially in the New England area. But I guess that's there, are, there's a taste for it there as well. As you know, can the consumer has a taste for it? Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine us trying to sell that to somebody down here?
0: Yeah, probably not.
1: Um, they we live, you know, sort of on the coast, people they all the beachy you know give we, me no, we are
0: on the coast. What's
1: that? We are on the coast. Yeah. Um, you know they want that weathered look. Sometimes uh, the the cottage look, all that stuff that um sort of you know makes it seem like a a, a stereotypical beachfront kind of place.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, well, you have the McMansions. Hmm. And what what kind of furnishings they got in those places?
0: I mean, I could see like uh, Queen Anne kind of stuff in those. Yeah. Or you know, it depends. I mean, people have different aesthetics, and the outside of the house doesn't, you know, always dictate the uh, what they have on the inside.
1: It's true. I mean, there was quite a mixture of stuff uh, where we put in that really modern glass and metal cabinet.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact of the matter is people who are spending money on furniture, like people that we would build furniture for, mm-hmm. they have a contemporary taste typically. yeah, That's, you know.
1: Yes, I I agree with that. So uh, they're,
0: you know, taking design cues from mid-century and, and uh, other, you know, sort of the, the classic periods, and there might be a combination of all different, you know, you could see in that room... <clears throat> With the wine thing. The wine thing is, I don't even know, that's a, that's a completely contemporary design because it, it's not like anything, it's just a steel box, basically. But then you have, like, the credenza, which is sort of mid-century, and then the the chairs and couch and stuff are really more, like, art deco and then... Yeah,
1: remember those tables?
0: Yeah.
1: It was, they were quite sculptural, mm-hmm. and they had that high-gloss lacquer kind of finish on them. Yep. In colors, and bright colors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, patterned rug, you know. I mean, I do like well-executed transitional design. Yeah. And I think that is the design style of now, when they right. look back in 250 years, you know.
1: That's a good point.
0: Um, because is, a, is a, an amalgamation of a bunch of different designs not its own thing? I mean, look at um, we just talked about did. how Chippendale was a combination of all these different designs. Well, that's what's going on now.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go.
0: Yeah. It took us. It only took us a uh, 37 minutes to to drive that circle all the way back down to the beginning.
1: Well, you know, sometimes you have to think out loud. Yeah. Um. But I I agree with you 100. percent If you look at what the designers are bringing us, mm-hmm. um, it's pretty modern. Yeah. You know, it's at least in that, in that, uh, in that box.
0: Yeah. Like 1940 to present.
1: Right. And when we're left to our own devices, we kind of, um, we have some of that in us, some of the modern, uh, mixed with craftsman mm-hmm. style. We're dealing with rectangles and that kind of classic proportion. Yeah. Um, and I never thought of the word transitional to describe it, but that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what they actually call it.
1: Yeah. So kudos to you.
0: Get a gold star.
1: It, it must be that lunch. You got that well, brain I can hear it in my food.
0: stomach now. You can probably, can probably hear we got that post-lunch uh, slump.
1: Yeah. But we're going to pick it up big time for the Patreon.
0: That's right. We're going to shoot four Patreon episodes after this. Um. So, uh, may we give everybody a little update of what's going on in the shop? We got 20 minutes left here, so okay. We can, I know everybody misses that. Those of you who uh, don't care about learning <laughs> and bettering shame, yourself,
1: shame, shame on you. If you don't, you
0: probably didn't make it this far. You probably already yeah. unsubscribed. If you don't care about
1: learning, you unsubscribe to us, about three and weeks you're now ago. listening to something else.
0: <laughs> and you are going, man. Those guys lost it. Yeah. If you can't stand listening to us anymore, go check out our buddy Keith's podcast. Yeah, Keith, Tony, and Chad over at the Working Hands podcast.
1: Yeah, they're they're shooting from the hip over there.
0: Yeah, a bunch of good guys.
1: Yeah. Um, I heard Rob's thinking about um, not I keep calling him Rob Corey. because I'm thinking about my friend Rob, but his friend Rob,
0: but it's Corey. Yeah, Corey and. What's his player's name? Matt, maybe? Yeah, they were yeah. thinking about maybe by now, when you guys hear this in five but weeks.
1: They might have it. Yeah. I
0: don't know what they're gonna call it, but Yeah,
1: but uh, we'll check that out too. Yeah. Um
0: the hell were we talking about? What
1: oh, what's going on in the shop? Any new tools since the last time we spoke?
0: Um I got that gimbal yesterday. Oh, that's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. So hopefully by now, when you're hearing this, we will have made an effort to shoot some video with it and Put said videos out.
1: Yeah, so exactly explain exactly what that thing does.
0: Well, a gimbal is, this is for a phone. So it's like a handle, and your phone mounts in it, and your phone is suspended. There's actually little motors in it, too. And it'll uh, balance the phone. You know, it's like a gyroscopic kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So you could turn your hand, and the phone will stay. And it has a little joystick. You can point the thing around. You can lock on to, to a person. It'll follow them around. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, you could set it up on a desktop and things like that, and it'll yeah,
0: it'll go on a tripod. Um, it's cool. It's amazing technology for 150 bucks. Yeah, <laughs>
1: crazy. Um, Keith had one up at the makers mm-hmm. meetup, but um, Manny got one, and and we got one. Pull the trigger. Yeah, he texted me last night, he wanted to know if I had it all figured out yet. I said no, I left that to you. Who Manny? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's having a hard time with
0: it. Yeah, it's uh it is a little it's it's hard to figure out. Well, I mean it's not hard to figure out, but it's it has its quirks that you gotta you gotta figure out. Yeah. Because um, you try and steer it, it it doesn't because it just stays where you gotta actually use the joystick thing. Uh you know, you can move it anywhere in the one plane, but if you turn your hand well, I guess if you don't have it locked on. Yeah, I mean even I only have about 15 minutes of use on it. But it is cool. It makes the footage look nice cuz it's nice and stable.
1: Uh that's probably part of it too. It's like a steady cam.
0: That's exactly what it is. They have them for big, you know, big cameras. Um and they're crazy expensive when you get into that kind of stuff, but um Yeah, I mean crazy technology for 150 bucks. Yeah.
1: And that's the, so that's new. Yeah. I mean, our relationship with vesting is new. Yeah. Um, we had a pretty cool meeting with, uh, was it Jake? Z- Jack? Z- Zach? Zach.
0: Yeah. Zach. So Zach is, I guess there's two owners. He's one of the owners of Vesting USA. So he works directly with Vesting um, Europe. Actually, Vesting USA does Canada and United States. So they're out in Pennsylvania, like right near our lumber supplier. He came out to the shop and uh, demoed a bunch of stuff for us, gave us some samples, handed out like a dozen cans of finish at the the Maker yeah. maker, uh, maker Camp.
1: We had a nice lunch that day, too, from uh, Big Mike's. Yeah. That's what
0: I remember the most. It was good. <laughs> I mean, that's always the best way to, you know, kick off a relationship with somebody, to sit down and have a meal.
1: It was a great day, too. It was really nice. We were sitting on the back porch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eating some nice big
0: sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, that LED finish is really cool. And you will have seen it by now when Mm -hmm. you listen to this. Um, You know, I wish we had some footage of uh,
1: Bliss pouring that beer out right after we did. I mean, it was less than a minute after it was done. Oh, yeah. 10, 20 seconds.
0: I think we could uh, recreate that. Doesn't That's have true. to be with beer, but maybe coffee. Yeah, well, coffee there you go. stains, you know. Maybe we get like a piece of maple, put it on there, dump some coffee in it.
1: Nice. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and watch it uh beat up. hmm Yeah, the UV stuff is very cool. It still kind of feels like magic. Yeah. Um, you know, you,
0: you touch it, you don't quite believe it mm-hmm. that it's dry. Yeah, I mean instantaneous. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, even like you wipe it on, you know, with a towel, you can hit the towel with the light and it, it's Yeah, like, it freezes it. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes a hard, you know, like a...
1: Well, there's a bit of acrylic in there. Yeah. In the UV. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's cool stuff. Uh, what else? Well, we're still waiting to get paid by that dickhead up in Newark. That's,
1: yeah. If anybody's been following that story. Yeah. Um and I bet by the time this airs we'd still be waiting to get it paid. Yeah. Um Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, we're probably gonna have to wind up well, we're definitely gonna have to go to arbitration.
0: Yeah, shell out a thousand bucks for that.
1: Uh it's gonna cost us money to get our money back.
0: Right. And you don't get that money back. No. You can't in New Jersey you can't that's even the,
1: that's the really shitty part of all this. Yeah. Like this and No
0: I, no uh Protection for the little guy.
1: None at all. Um, And I guess that's what people who are in that, you know, in his position bank on. Mm -hmm. But he owes us too much money. We have to do it. And unfortunately, um, you know, it's going to come out of our profit, but we have no
0: choice. Mm -hmm. What Uh, else? Oh, well, we went to Maker Camp last week. Yeah. Which is, you know. Again, this is all going to be old news to you, but uh, that was a lot of fun. Did some blacksmithing, hung out with a bunch of different people. It was a good time. We're going back next year. We've got some plans in the work. We won't speak about those because it's all secretive at this point. But Yeah. Um, we'll be back. We already booked our room. What would you think of the Blackthorn? Um, It was better than expected. Everybody made it seem like it was going to be, like, a serious dump. And, um, I mean, I didn't see the other rooms, but our room was clean, you know. Yeah. It was not modern by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know.
1: It may be like the Unisaw syndrome with the dust collection.
0: That's what it was, yeah. Lower your expectations.
1: We were so happy with our room. Yeah. (laughs) I mean...
0: It was better <laughs> than I be, expected. Could it be that we just
1: lived on a certain strata? Or, or, I think
0: uh, it was just an expectation. Though, <laughs>
1: right. You know? We weren't expecting the Hyatt. Hadn- we didn't get the Hyatt, but we got so much more than we had yeah, expected. Yeah, everybody
0: made it seem like you're going to like fall through the floor and that you know there'd be like a... Now, the place up the road, we can't speak to that because I no. know Corey, uh, he had a hell of a time over there. But Yeah, I mean, it was fine.
1: We had plenty of hot water. We didn't try out the jacuzzi tub, which I know Manny
0: regrets. The beds were fine. My back yeah. didn't hurt at all. No, I, I know slept. Tony, Tony said he, like, fold up into, like, a clam yeah. on his. I slept great. Me too. Um, I don't know if that was the beer or it was yeah. the bed.
1: <laughs> the first, from the first night on. And I usually, like, we stayed, when we went to Vegas, we stayed in a much nicer place. And I don't think I was... Uh, any more comfortable there? I think I was less comfortable.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I slept on that cot in Vegas. That thing sucked. Yeah. Even Manny said that his cot was better than his bed at home. Yeah. Maybe it's us.
1: <laughs> and what about that food?
0: The food was good. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, and better especially, than going to like going to Chili's or some shit. Oh yeah, much better. Um, they had pie every night. Yep. Pie yeah. every night. Just don't order the chocolate pie
1: and after i discovered the cold cereal section for mm. breakfast forget yeah. about it yeah whole milk and cold cereal mm mm-hmm. had my frosted mini wheats my fruit loops if they would have had cocoa puffs i would have been out of my mind cocoa puffs are a little too crunchy for me yeah cocoa puffs uh golden Grams would be, would have been another one i, I like could those. have just probably eaten about 12 boxes yeah, those, those are good. little tiny bowls that they had there
0: yeah Mini-wheats, though. Yeah, I didn't get into the cereal. I was having uh, intestinal issues at that point from all the drinking and eating that I don't typically do.
1: And the same with Manny, too. Yeah. Manny made a new friend. Yeah. We made lots of new friends. Yeah. Uh, It was very cool, um, especially meeting people that uh, we chat with on um, Clubhouse. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the voice is so familiar, yeah. Um, so it like it's it's a weird thing. You see their face for the first time, which is <laughs> odd. But then very quickly, it's as if you know them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, like me, like I know what everybody looks like because I'm on the Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, and I and there's that cross contamination of people. But yeah, you go into Clubhouse, you don't know who the hell any of these no. people are.
1: No, um, and it was great. It was a lot of fun. I mean, meeting Matt. You know, you have... The thing is, it's just by its nature, you're going to have a lot in common with these folks anyway. Yeah. So, it really makes it a good time. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I had a great time hanging out with, with Corey and Rob. Mm-hmm. They're, those are awesome dudes. Um,
1: Rob was quite an understated fellow, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, he's really... He's, he's quite an accomplished. He always refers to himself as a hobbyist because, yeah. you know. And
0: it's not his full time. Right, the true know.
1: sense he is. But he's <clears> quite accomplished. And he had some great <laughs> stories about his time working for New York City Transit. Oh, yeah. I mean, talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah, welding the train tracks together. That's, that's not yeah. a joke.
1: Um, another, I didn't even know that that was a thing. Yeah. A, I had right. no
0: idea. I never even thought about it. I um, figured there was just like a joint.
1: Yes, that they were bolted together somehow.
0: Yeah. Um, but I guess it's got to be perfectly seamless.
1: What about the night uh, we spent talking to Johnny?
0: Johnny who? Duresta. Oh, yeah. That was funny. Yeah, he said he would come on the podcast. I, yeah. I don't see how he could make it about woodworking, but he does a little bit of woodworking. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: Uh, so he, maybe we could. I think John's the kind of guy, all you got to do is push start.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. And, well, you saw where the conversation roll. went. Uh, we yeah. had to have a briefing beforehand. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not,
1: not not PC and all that yeah. stuff.
0: Say, listen, don't tell the story about the guy that used to have sex with the female bums. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna lose our sponsorship.
1: Yeah, yeah, my side was hurting there for a little while. Oh, he was that was a he was funny. Um. Yeah, what else? Um, we, you know, we missed the Pine Car Derby, though, Pinewood, yeah. Pinewood Derby. Everything we flew saw by so it. fast.
0: Yeah, it was like there wasn't enough hours in the day.
1: That's the amazing thing. We were in this little area. Um, the, the days just flew by.
0: Yeah, you know, you go to breakfast at 8.30 or whatever. You get out and you start going to whatever we did, like the blacksmithing. Then it was lunch. Right. So you go back to the room, eat some lunch, you, you know, <clears throat> sit down, relax for an hour or whatever. You get back up, you do a little, and then it's dinner. Exactly. And then after dinner, you know, inevitably crack open a beer, start yeah. hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it was just. just milling around.
1: Milling you know? and chatting for, yeah. for six hours, which flew by.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a good time.
1: It really was. I, I I tell you, I'm not the kind of person to uh, socialize like that, and that. Me neither. Yeah, n- right. Neither of us are. And I'm also not the kind of person to look forward to doing something again like that, but I really am.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like typically, like even if I just go to like a friend's place, like I'll be exhausted from mm-hmm. the socializing. Um, but I don't know. They, I guess maybe because there's so many different people and people, you know, who you know but don't really know, it was kind of uh, different.
1: Yeah, I I think we're going to have to step up our game for the swap next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they got to get a new uh, announcer.
1: Yeah, that announcer sucked.
0: Yeah, well, maybe we'll talk about that on Patreon and give us something to talk about. Um, Yeah, some of the stuff in that swap were, I mean, the thing that Corey won. Oh, my God. Insane. Insane metalwork. Yeah, go to Corey's uh, Instagram CT Woodwork. Yeah, and I'm sure he's got pictures up there.
1: Yeah, I, I don't remember seeing any. I mean, uh, but uh, you know, things that don't don't use me as uh,
0: I know he definitely posted stories about it
1: as a as a be all. Uh,
0: yeah, you're not an authority on no, uh, Instagram.
1: No. Things things totally fly by me. I'll catch like every fourth thing
0: um no he doesn't have uh no he doesn't have anything up but that's not to say that five weeks from now he won't
1: yeah oh yeah because a lot of what i saw up to this point was just sort of like recapping yep. you know the the people which is what everybody's kind of done that's a great picture of manny yeah oh that there was a photographer there
0: yeah oh the, yeah he was great
1: Um, taking pictures of everybody. And that's like, if you go on Instagram and see all these black and whites, that's why everybody's got these great photos. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. He did a great job.
1: Yeah. You'll have to send me those.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. I got them in the email. We should have taken more, you know, but one of those things, hindsight.
1: Yeah. Maybe next year.
0: Yeah. I did. I changed a couple pictures on the website. That's awesome. We didn't have any pictures of ourselves. You always like to see who you're going to work with before you work with them. <laughs> you know,
1: is that why realtors always have a picture? I always wondered why realtors. Yeah. Are like w- the one trade where there's always a picture.
0: Yeah, and you know. You don't see many ugly realtors. No, like they may not all be like good, like what you would say, good looking, but none of them are like, yeah, ugly.
1: And they got a good photographer. Oh yeah. They get dressed up. They take that one <clears> shot. Yep. And they may never look like that again, but That's true. If they want to
0: sell a house, they will though. Yeah. <laughs> What'd your real two look like? Karen? She's a middle aged woman. Yeah. Look good. She's pretty. Yeah.
1: Look good in her photo. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah know I see? know we know Karen personally.
1: That's that's it.
0: Yeah. That same thing, like all the realtor photos I've seen, drives a Mercedes. You know, yeah, you gotta put up, uh, keep up the appearances. That's it. Like That's us. it.
1: Exactly. We show up in our Mercedes.
0: Yeah, you know, we're not the best looking guys ever, but we're no <laughs> no uh, ugly ducklings. <laughs> we'll hold our own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, maybe we'll do our little plug session and we'll call yeah. this one quits. We're uh, we're eking up on an hour. Uh, We'll talk about vesting first. We are uh, partnered up with Vesting Finishes as affiliates. Um, we use them in the shop. They're hard wax oils, and um, we're hoping to get into the LED cured system pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got to save up the money to save for that that ridiculous light that it uses. Um, yeah. Like $4,000 light, not to deter you from wanting to use it, but... Gets like the... Twelve times as hot as the sun. Yeah, like it'll like set your uh, table on fire if you leave the light on there. It's that bright. (laughs) Got three computer fans, not even computer, like three fans on top of the light itself, and an external
1: controller.
0: Yeah, twelve by twelve by twenty-four power source with a tether over to the thing. Um, But yeah, they're they're Dutch-made finishes, you know, similar to Rubio Monocoat, essentially the same same kind of idea. It's like a flax. You know, a flax oil and hard wax finish. They have uh, 40 or some uh, colors. Nice stuff. Goes on great. Uh, I think it goes on easier and, and dries faster than Rubio.
1: Yeah. Um. At least. Very from, similar.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. doesn't have that greasy kind of feeling after you wipe it off like Rubio does, which in, in our shop is like a magnet for dust. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's like stop all work when there's, you know, <clears throat> finish that's been put on in the same day. Um, if you use the code American Craftsman, you get 10% off. Uh, you can buy it on their uh, sister business's website, rpmcoatingsolutions.com. And, yeah, it helps out the podcast. You get some nice finish, get a discount. It's going to end up being cheaper than Rubio. It's a win-win. That way, yeah. Um, plus, their branding is pretty cool. Looking. Yeah, yeah. If that, uh, if that strikes a chord with you at all.
1: They gave, they gave us nice shirts. Yeah. I gave mine to Manny because it looked, on me, it looked like a smedium.
0: It looked like a smedium on me, too. I'm going to have to <laughs> drop a couple pounds if I plan on wearing it. You know what it is? It's the side, the side, like, screen print on, if you're overweight in the least bit, it does not look flattering. So we came to the skinniest guy we know. Yeah, like, let me just, like, show the contour of my man boo.
1: <laughs> Manny's, Manny's the smallest guy we know, yeah. so... You got, got my shirt. <laughs> I didn't all even I dry needed, it beforehand. Yeah.
0: Like If I put it through the dryer, there's no way.
1: All I needed was you. I mean, I was looking at it suspiciously, and then you came in the next day and said something. I didn't even put it on. I didn't have the guts to put it on. I just gave it to me.
0: I put it in the uh, <laughs> in the drawer. Maybe if I drop like 25 pounds, I could wear it, which I do need to buckle back down. I'm hurting after all this uh, maker can uh, Oh, yeah. We got to thank our gold team. Tier Gold Tier Patrons, where's my mouse? I'm looking at a screen that's about four feet away. Uh, we got Adam Pothast. we got Colin Lie, Corey Ty, David Murphy, David Shoemaker, Jerry Greenan, <clears throat> Keith Drennan, Manny Siriani. Thanks guys. Thank nice, you. Nice. You know, we get to call half of you guys like friends, like real friends. Yes, so, uh, means a lot.
1: I mean, I feel like I know Rob and Corey. Like a hundred years
0: already. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. So everybody be be well out there. Yeah, we'll see you next week for the next installment. Do we know what the uh, uh what the hell the subject no. matter is?
1: My guess is federal, but I'm not positive.
0: Twelve periods. It's uh, if I put in twelve, it comes up. That's how many times I've had to look it up. No,
1: it's not. Uh, let's see. What would Sheridan? Apple White.
0: No. Not federal. Go? I hate that when you have to click read more. Pennsylvania Dutch. Oh, 1720 wow. to 1830.
1: So that that's going to be interesting because I don't really know anything about it. It might be like where the shaker that we know of comes from.
0: Well, it's basically in the same time period as colonial. Yeah. just it's 1720 to 1830 and then overlapping with federal 1780 to 1820.
1: So it's going to be a regional thing.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Well, we appreciate it. Um, Check us out on YouTube. Yeah, check us out on Patreon. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you would like. helps out the podcast. We're not begging. We're just asking. Yeah. Uh, But with that, yeah, we'll see you next week.